Right. So today's podcast, I really don't know. I've been trying to do podcasts for a couple of days, and I just, like, every time I would go and try to do it, it was like, it just wouldn't work out. (laughs) But I finally have a topic that I'm feeling like very much led to share, and also just something that has personally been affecting me, and personally been something that um, I have been facing. So, anywho, okay. Um, basically, what I wanted to talk about today was just this idea of God as a mother, you know, um, recently, so basically, recently, I've been like, kind of in a slump, kind of not really choosing God, I haven't been choosing to serve him, to love him, to obey him, I've kind of been just choosing my own thing, doing my own thing, and in a sense, neglecting him, and I know it sounds so bad, but like, genuinely that's how my heart gets sometimes sometimes my heart just it doesn't it's not that it just wants to act against him but it wants to choose its way its own way so much to the point that it does end up feeling like it wants to rebel against God and like it wants to reject him and neglect him and I end up doing that because I just am following my flesh and I'm I'm doing what I want to do and so in those those very selfish moments I come to recognize that like oh wow I'm really treating God badly right now like he's just over here loving me and I am doing what I want to do and essentially forgetting about him neglecting him and rejecting him and I realized that this is something that I've personally done in my relationship with my mother and lately I've been seeing this really close connection between uh, God and my mother and how his characteristics are embodied through um, good mothers and so I just wanted to share that so basically my mom and I have a very amazing relationship. Like, I love her. She loves me. We both are super, super close. Um, but because of how close we are, we sometimes step on each other's toes. Just because we're both so very similar in the way that we think and in the way that we act and stuff like that. Um, that uh, a lot of times we kind of butt heads sometimes, especially since I am... I can get in a mode of being very selfish or prideful and feeling like I know everything and I'm all knowing, all wise, whatever, whatever. And sometimes I don't really want to hear wise instruction because I'm just so wanting to be in my own way and doing my own thing. Um, And I realized that in those moments are the times that I'm the most disconnected from my mother simply because I'm choosing not to listen and I'm choosing not to obey as heartily as I was previously and a lot of times in those moments I get this feeling of like oh I just can't stand her like oh she gets on my nerves you know I even like I even called my best friend one time and I was just like you know I just can't stand my mama like she just gets on my nerves sometimes and it's in those moments that every single time she tries to talk to me I'm getting upset and every time we're in conversation it's always heated I'm always um kind of short with her kind of I have these short fuses and it's like I'm very impatient and stuff like that when it comes to talking to her and then I soften up a bit and I'm like oh my gosh I'm really over here treating my mom like this like how disrespectful of me to treat my mom like this when she's the woman who birthed me has been taking care of me and not even just in that sense of like feeling guilty but also in the sense of like recognizing how disheartening I am being toward her like recognizing how much I must be hurting her feelings and how she may be crying as a result of me and my decisions to 
be cold toward her and it's sometimes not even a full like sometimes it's just because I want to do what I want to do that I do that it's not like I get up in the morning and I'm like I want to be rude to my mom today I want to be cold to her like I never say that but it happens as a result of me being selfish as a result of me being prideful as a result of me just wanting to do what I want to do when I want to do it and then I end up acting that way toward her as a result and I recognize that there's often a disconnect and it just feels like this heaviness on my heart because I can't go to her the same way. I feel like I can't go to her the same way that I had been going to her because of how angry I was with her or how impatient I was with her. And I feel like a lot of times um, I act that same way with God. Like I feel like sometimes it just happens and just because I want to do what I want to do there's this snap in me like this instant change that's like okay I just don't feel like talking to God anymore like literally when when I would have that kind of feeling toward my mom it wouldn't ever be um it wouldn't ever be premeditated it would always be kind of like a a snapping like instant like okay I'm just over it you know what I mean kind of like okay I'm done and it it wasn't ever anything that I was just like hmm I, I think I might, I might, like, it was always just kind of instant, and it, it's like a mood swing, essentially, and I feel like a lot of times I have those mood swings with God, and I feel disconnected from him, and I disconnect myself from him because I want to do what I want to do, I don't want to listen to his wise instruction, and I don't want to be obedient, and I don't want to be responsible, I just want to do what I want to do when I want to do it, and that kind of selfish pride ends up causing me to act cold-heartedly toward him, or to act in a way that I know is not honoring to him and I feel like that's the same thing that I was doing with my mother and so just seeing that correlation has really been uh, beneficial to opening my eyes lately because it's helped me see God in a different light because you know we always talk about like God is a good good father and stuff like that but I've recently been seeing a lot about God being a good good mother like God the characteristics that he put in mothers, he embodies those characteristics so much. And like, I see God as a good, good father because he's a protector. He's a provider. He avenges for his children. He is ready to go to war for his children. But if you really think about it, a lot of times mothers are the same way and that the way that they feel for their children and the way that they are ready to literally kill anyone who is going to hurt their child and so um yeah I just wanted to like like talk about that for a bit so anyway regardless of the way that I have acted toward my mother or the way that I have acted toward God um they both still love me so unconditionally and I literally wrote about that in my journal so I'm just going to read um my little journal that I wrote and then yeah just yeah so I said dear God I recently realized something I realized that some of my relationships here on earth remind me of my relationship with you. Lately, I've been just feeling like hiding from you, not wanting to talk or dive deep or do anything really. But I've come to recognize that the way I was sort of neglecting you, rejecting you, or rejecting you, reminds me of how I sometimes treat my mom. Now, I'm not proud of either one. And honestly, it breaks my heart when I think of the pain and the sorrow and the disappointment that I've caused both you and my mom. But you both are so loving and forgiving and compassionate and it's unfathomable, unfathomable to me how after all I've done, or if not done, out of selfishness and pride, you both still love me, you both care for me, and you take care of me. Your love is not on the basis of my behavior, a conditional reaction to my actions or lack thereof, but rather it's an intentional pursuit of loving me. And there's nothing I could do to earn this love at all, 
or earn more or less of it. You both love me unconditionally because you choose to. And I want to not only give that unconditional love back to you, but also to others in my life, uh, no matter if I think they deserve it or not. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Your, your characteristics of unconditional love, provision, being a comforter, an encourager, a motivator, a supporter, a counselor, and the whole aspect of you always watching over us is shown, embodied, and revealed through the actions and mannerisms of good mothers. And your patience, peace, and purposefulness, and how you study and know each and every one of your kids and their challenges and their gifts and their talents, everything. Not only are you a good, good father, but you are also a good, good mother. And like the child I am, help me to have faith and trust in you that is built, help me to have faith and trust in you that is built on my experience of what you've already done. And like the child I am, help me to honor my mother and my father and help me to honor you. Love, Hannah Banana. And so when I wrote this, I was just like, I was in this mindset of, wow, you know, despite all that I've done, God is still being a good mother. I mean, if my if my mother loved me on the condition of how I treated her, how much I honored her, you can imagine the amount of times that she would just be like, okay, no, you know what I mean? Like, as a child, and even now, like, I, there's just so many times where I thought I've known what I was doing, and I would push aside kind of her instruction or push, push her aside in general, and you can imagine how if her love was on a conditional basis, how it would have affected our relationship. Um, but because she's a godly woman, her love, and I can imagine at times her love was conditional. <laughs> and it was something that she had to learn to be unconditional and had to receive that unconditional from love, love from God and learn to, to give that to me because there's no way that she could have on her own loved me in the way that I was doing everything that I was doing and still am you know there's no way that anyone could do that because it's just not humanly possible I mean we are just humans and people who just we don't we don't do that naturally and so I feel like that love that she's given me and poured onto me had to come from God because it's just unconditional and the characteristic that she embodies as not only a godly woman but as a a uh, faithful and godly mother is really, really amazing. And it inspires me to be a godly mother as well because I recognize the importance of godly mothers in this world. I mean, we need women who truly represent Christ. We need women who truly... Uh-oh. Okay, well, my headphones are messing up, but that's okay. I keep hearing like the boop-boop-boop of my AirPods trying to let me know that um they're going dead, but regardless I'm gonna continue so if you hear me going in and out that's the reason and it also just stopped so I had to resume so I don't know where I was but anywho um it just shows the importance of godly mothers and women who truly bear the fruit of the spirit to be able to pour into their children and unconditionally love their children and represent God in that aspect um for their children to truly learn and know who God is like I don't think I would truly know who God is if I didn't have my mother to give that example of who he is and kind of show me that side of him, that he is a mother and that 
he embodies those characteristics of motherhood. I mean, he created mother, so of course he has those characteristics because he took those characteristics from himself and put it in mothers and he created them. And if you think about it across all creation, those characteristics are still the same. Like if you think about from birds and animals and stuff like that, like all of them embody those same characteristics of motherhood, those same I'm going to fight for you. I'm watching over you. I'm taking care of you. I'm feeding you. I'm providing for you. I'm working hard for you. And so there was another thing that I wrote um, that, okay, just like a mother, God is, or, or just like God, mothers are always working. Like, if you think about it, there are so many times where a mother is working behind the scenes and you didn't even know it. a mother is taking care of finances. She's taking care of the house. There's so many different aspects of life that we as children don't really understand and we don't really pay attention to because we just wake up in the morning and we're like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? But mothers are behind the scene taking care of all of this. And, you know, I know not every mother is a good mother or an ideal mother, but every mother has something that we can appreciate about them, you know? And I feel like God has put us on earth to be not only image bearers, to be representatives of his characteristics and of the nature that he put in us. And when we are truly whole in ourselves and when we are truly uh, whole in him, then we are able to represent the characteristics that he puts in us so that we can truly show who he is. And I feel like a lot of times we have mothers who are not fully developed as godly women. And that's the reason why they don't represent this aspect of motherhood because they, they're not fully represent, they're not fully uh, like a reflection of Christ and his, his image and of his uh, characteristics and of Jesus's um, like livelihood, I feel like, because they aren't in tune with the spirit. And so a lot of times that's how I am. And I feel like that's why, you know, I'm not a mother right now. Like God did not call me to be a mother right now because I'm not representing him and because a lot of the things that I do come out of selfishness and pride and not out of wisdom and not out of patience and not out of uh, peace and stuff like that. Like mothers are godly mothers. Good mothers are, are patient people. They are truly patient. I mean, if you look at like my mother, she is a praying woman. Like she is always patient with me. She's always patient with my siblings. She's always patient with my older brother. Uh, and it's just so many aspects of life that she's patient in and that she doesn't try to rush or try to force, but rather she just prays to God and, and asks for his help. And so I just, I really love that. And I love that that's how God is too. I mean, he's always working behind the scenes and he's patient. He doesn't rush anything. He doesn't try to force anything. He is simply patient waiting on his children to return home to him. He is simply patient waiting on us. And I love that so much. And, um, I said that God is always watching too, just like a mother. You know, mothers are some of the most studious creatures, I feel like. They are always studying their children and trying to get to know more about their characteristics of their children. And also they're just they're just creatures who truly know and have this instinct, like this motherly instinct, um, on what to do in certain situations and like whenever I talk to my mom about stuff, there's certain ways that I handle my younger siblings. This is why I'm not a mother. <laughs> there's certain ways that I handle certain situations with my siblings that truly like is not the best way to handle it. But my mom knows each and every one of us. She knows our struggles. She knows our characteristics. She knows 
our tendencies. She knows what God has put inside of us. She knows the gifts that he's given us. She knows all of those things about us. And so she studies us and she observes us and she listens to us and she watches us and she knows our mannerisms and she knows all of these things about us so that she can be the best mother that she can be and so that she can take care of us in the way that she needs to take care of us. And she uses that knowledge that she has gained from studying us to not only pray to God about and to take before the throne of God, but to also, uh, it, it, it um, is reflected in her actions toward us. It's reflected in her um, speech toward us and the way that she handles certain situations. So the way that she handled me and my behaviors is not the same way that she'll handle my brother's behaviors or my sister's behaviors. And so it's not that she's like, you know, different so like she's being you know favoritism or anything like that but she just differentiates her uh reactions and her uh, mannerisms toward each and every one of us so that we can all be benefited by it it's kind of like a teacher who differenti differentiates their instructions for the students based off of what um the students need you know if you're a tactile learner the teacher will make sure that tactile uh lessons are included and yada yada susan so she just differentiates um, that for us so that we all can be benefited by it. And I feel like that's what God does too. Like God doesn't necessarily show favoritism, but I feel like he shows favor on us, um, when we are, you know, following his will and stuff like that. And, um, it's not that he shows favor. It's like, oh, I like you more than so-and-so. He loves all of us. You know what I mean? But it's, it's when we start following his will that he starts showing favor. I feel like that's what the Bible mentions is favor, but not favoritism. Like God differentiates uh, his instructions and his tactics and his techniques for each and every one of us because he knows that all of us are not the same and he will not approach all of us the same and he will not reveal to all of us the same things. He will not, um, he will not cause, a, like he will not convict us all of the same things because all of us are so different that we all have such different perspectives and such different um, just outlooks on life and everything like that. So God is just a person who is like a mother. It differentiates um, the way that he is um, giving and, and his techniques toward each and every one of us. So anyway, um, just like a mother, God is also always listening. And those were just a few of the things that I wanted to talk about because I just really, I really, really like that. Um and here goes my AirPods again, just just making noises in, in the back of my ear. Um, <laughs> but on to the next thing. So this is my favorite part, actually, which is what I was reading about today. And I'm going to go ahead and go to my um, notes on the Bible app because the Bible app was really hitting for me today. I mean, the Bible app always hits and I absolutely love it, but. I was reading a lot today in Romans 8, and Romans 8, let me just tell you right now, is my favorite chapter in the Bible. Um, I love so many other chapters in the Bible, like, I just, I love the Bible, it's such a great, such a great, like, source of just information and wisdom and God's word, and he's always revealing stuff to us through it and speaking to us through it, but let me tell you, Romans 8, Romans 8 hits different. Now, Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite verses, um, but the whole entire chapter itself is just so good. It's so rich. It's so dense. And it has so much in it. But every single time I go to it, I get something else revealed from it. And it's just so beautiful, beautifully written. So one thing that I was reading as I was uh, reading, uh, one thing that I saw as I was reading Romans 8 was Romans 8.23, um, which says, not only so, 
but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And so in this passage, Paul is talking about this moment, this time when Christ is going to return and he's going to restore this world to the way that he wants it to be. Because as of right now, all of creation is suffering from our decision to sin. And I know that we can all place the blame on Adam and be like, okay, Adam was the one that sinned. But honestly, it's all of us. I mean, if Adam was the one person who sinned, what is the rest of us doing? Because I know we all still sinning. So we can't place the blame solely on Adam, even though he was the first to make the decision of sin. We all are sinners and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so because of our sin, because of his first initial sin and because of our continued sin, um, it's this whole entire all of creation is suffering. I know that it says later, it says earlier um, in verse 19, it says for the creation waits in eager. So the creation meaning all of what God has created with animals, plants, all of that stuff like that um, waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Um, and so I wrote in my notes, I said, you know, I never thought about this before until doing this devotion about all of creation is waiting for this day when Christ returns to take his children home because all of creation was affected by man's sin and all of creation has been suffering alongside us. We always think about ourselves as humans and we're like, yeah, because of sin, we're no longer living how God created us to live. But if you think about it, nothing on this earth is living or being used the way God intended. Thank you, Isaac. Um, and that everything is tainted by sin. But when Jesus returns, he locked me out. <laughs> ah, that's my brother locking me out. I'm, not, I'm sitting outside. But anywho, okay, it says, uh, so I wrote that everything is being tainted. Everything is being tainted by sin. But when Jesus returns, he will restore everything, every single part of creation back to where he wants them to be. And then, yeah, so basically, let me go to, let me go, oh, this is the verse that I was talking about. So basically, all of creation right now is suffering. All of creation is suffering because of our decisions to sin. So it says in Romans 8, 20 verse, I mean, Romans chapter 8, verse 20, um, it says, for the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope, oh, in verse 21, that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now, when I read, I've read this so many times and I've never understood what it meant. And every time I read it, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does he mean creation is subject to frustration? So then I was looking it up and I read this commentary about it. And so I wrote that, okay, so I just read this commentary about this. And this is my notes. And I said, so it means that basically because of Adam's sin, all creation, every single thing that God created was subject to frustration and futility because of God's curse on his creation. It's a warped, struggling existence. The commentary mentioned this, which I thought really, which I thought was really important to include. God did not design creation to suffer, but rather it was the effects of the curse after he had already declared that everything was good. So basically God declared, he created everything. He said, this is good. This is good. This is good, you know, but then because of sin, now everything is warped. Everything has struggle. Everything is suffering. And so um, where was I getting to that? What was the point of that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> OK, sorry, because there's uh, it's really difficult to, like, manage the notes on this app. But basically, 
all of us are groaning inwardly. All of us are suffering in some way, shape, or form on this earth. I mean, animals are suffering. Plants are suffering. We're suffering. Every single aspect of God's creation, even though we may be trying to live comfortably here on earth, every single aspect of God's creation is suffering because Christ is not here with, like, he's not here. You know, he's, he's not invited into everyone's homes and he's not invited. A lot of times we try to push him out. And so because of sin, we, um, we just, we have suffering because of sin. Um, and so as I read verse 23, all of that was to lead up to verse 23. Verse 23, I read this and basically a couple of phrases stood out to me. So the phrase, uh, we wait eagerly because he said, as we wait eagerly, um, I said, this makes me feel like a kid waiting for my father to get home or waiting for Christmas day. I get very much childlike enthusiasm type of vibes from this. And then the phrase adoption to sonship in verse 23. Uh, now this for me hit really hard because a lot lately I've been thinking about like fostering uh, kids and adopting kids and I've always that's always been a desire in my heart but I've just been seeing a lot about it lately I was like watching this movie and that was it included like foster um something about foster care in it and then I was watching this YouTube video about it and then I was watching a sermon on Sunday yesterday and the dude was talking about his experience in the foster care system and how he was raised in the foster care system for until he was 14 and then he was adopted by uh, this family and it's just like, it's just something that really tugs on my heart and that I feel like God has really placed uh, as a desire in my heart. And so when I saw this adoption to sonship in verse 23, I said, now this right here hits home because I've been seeing a lot lately about foster care and adoption. And this is something I want to do if the Lord says the same. And I feel like it's a desire he's placed on my heart for a reason. But more than my desire to adopt, God has a desire to adopt. He wants to adopt all of us into his family to give us a good home and a place to be loved and to love. He wants us to, sh he wants to share his family, the Trinity, with us, which is exactly what I want to do too. Share my family and my home with those who need it. And lo and behold, God wants to do the same, giving us a place in his home to live and to thrive under his care, a place to see his loving and parental nature. And Jesus wants to share his home with us, with his adopted brothers and sisters, which is us. Now this to me, this to me was special because I just, when I think about all that that so let me let me say the real life situation and then kind of the allusion to it in the spiritual world so in the physical world there's so many boys and girls who unlike me don't have a home you know they don't have a place to really call home and even they even though they may have a house and they may have parents um that they may be in and out of you know in the foster care system um it's just like they just, they don't have a home. They don't have a place that's really secure, that's really prepared for them, that's really, you know, just a, like a family that truly loves them and that is truly there for them. And so for me, I've, I've grown up with this privilege of having a loving family, with this privilege of having a family that provides for me and takes care of me, and a family of women and men who are godly and who are dedicated not only to God and to serving him but also to loving their family as he's called them to love and God has been able to bless through them he's been able to bless me and I want to be that for other kids you know there's so many children who are raised in the foster care system so many teens who are raised in the foster care system and you know as, as they get older people don't people don't um, necessarily adopt them or foster them because they're like, you know, when you get 14 and above, 
maybe even 12 and above, people don't really want to foster kids at that age because, you know, they just feel like it's too much of baggage or it's too much of a burden. And, and that just weighs on my heart because there's just so many kids, you know, who need a loving home. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, I just want to give them a loving home. Like, I, I it's not that I want to change them or I want to do anything like that. I just want to provide a place for them to call home you know, to provide for them the resources that they need to be successful and say, here, here's a whole bunch of resources. Take what you need. You know what I mean? And pray for them, be able to have the opportunity to get to know them so that I can continue to pray for them so that I can continue to love on them. And that way, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just really speaks to me. And it's something that I really love. And when I think about that, and then I think about how that's how God feels, it's just so amazing to me because God, likewise, is sitting up in heaven, looking down at us and seeing all the suffering that we're going through. And he's like, if you guys would just trust me and believe in me, you will be my adopted children. You will come into my home. I am preparing a place right now for you. I am preparing a home for you that you will feel at home. If you think about it, this earth right here, like all that we're facing, we're never going to stop facing because there's nothing new under the sun. Every single thing that we're facing right now is always going to be something that we're facing. And I feel like what happens is this. We are on this earth and there is we have this desire to want to be comfortable. We have this desire to want to feel at home, to feel at peace. Right. But this earth can never give us peace. It can never bring us peace because it's not the source of peace. Only God is the source of peace. And so when we expect to achieve peace ourselves or to achieve unity ourselves. That's never going to happen. Only God can do that. Only God can be the provider of that. And so we try to find our comfort here and we try to, you know, buy our homes and we try to make our houses super comfortable and we try to make every single aspect of our lives as comfortable as possible. But there's never going to be comfortability in this life. And if you think about it, every single season, every single minute of our lives, there's always something to kind of discomfort us, something to just throw us off. You know, if you're doing good and you feel like there's something great going on, then bam, out of nowhere, somebody gets sick. Then bam, out of nowhere, a whole pandemic ends up arising. Bam, out of nowhere, you know, you start suffering with a certain sin or a certain struggle. And so every single moment of our life, there's always something that kind of is meant to disrupt our peace or to kind of throw us off to get us out of a comfortable place but let me tell you right now earth is not my home earth is not my home this is not where I'm gonna be living I'm gonna tell you right now my home is in heaven and it's going to be a peaceful place it's going to be a place where God the God of all comfort is gonna be there and so he is preparing that place for us right now and just like a just like parents who are preparing you know, for their adopted son or adopted daughter to into their home. God is up in heaven preparing that right now for us. Like for me, I can imagine that when I adopt a child or when I foster a child and I hear that they're about to come, um, I'm going to have probably like a couple of days to prepare the home for them to be, arrive. And I know for me as a parent, I would want to make sure that they have a room, that they have, even if they're sharing a room with other with the other uh, brothers and sisters in the home, like I would want to make sure that they have a bed, that they have a comforter, that, you know, I, I get like little knickknacks and just things for them to enjoy that I try to find out their favorite foods and the things that they love. And I will, you know, make sure I have that in the home. I would just make sure that all of this and the home that I'm preparing for them is going to be a place that they feel welcomed, that they feel comforted and they feel loved once they enter. And that's exactly what God is doing in heaven right now for us because we are his adopted sons. And so when when it comes time and that last day 
comes around, them trumpets blowing, all that stuff like that, and Jesus returns, that's going to be the time that all of creation is going to witness the moment that all of his adopted sons are going to be chosen. All of his adopted sons and daughters are going to be recognized. We all going to be lifted up into heaven and we are going to be welcomed home with a warm embrace and just this loving atmosphere that God is going to provide for us once we arrive. And so, you know, that just that speaks to me because it just makes me feel so excited for that day that, you know, God is, and it makes me also patient and waiting expectantly to know that God right now, right now, like right now, he is preparing his home for us and he is preparing us for his home. And I, I like that. I like that mindset because it makes me realize that it's not just like, okay, I'm waiting on God to, you know, do what he needs to do. No, no, no. He's waiting on me <laughs> to do what I need to do too, because I have a purpose here on earth. I have um, a mission that he wants me to do. And so once I achieve that mission, I can go home. I can get up out of here. And I, <laughs> I know that I like, when I was like, there was this moment that I got really, really low at this kind of pit of uh, just, you know, struggling a lot with sin and stuff like that. And, and I just really was like, I can't stand this anymore. God, like, I just, at the, uh, at the, to some degree, I did want to just give up on life. But at another degree, I was like, you know what, God, like, I just want to go home. Like, I just feel like I'm at a, like a really cool hotel right now. But you know how a hotel just doesn't feel like home? It's like, yeah, it could be the coolest thing in the world, but it just is not home. And you just want to go home. Like, I know for me, I love home. I really love being at home. And even though, you know, I get tired of it sometimes, I like being at home. And even if I'm at a hotel or somewhere really cool, I still like being at home. I could go to Disney World and still want to be at home. You know, I feel like right now on this earth, that's what it feels like. It feels like we are all just in a place that's not not home. We're longing for something to come. And we know that when Christ returns, we are going to reunite with him and we are going to go home with him. And he right now is preparing that home for us. I just think that's so beautiful. I just, I I can't wait. But like I said, not only is he preparing the home for us, but he's preparing us for his home because he ain't just gonna have anybody up there. You know what I mean? He wants us to be able to love each other to be able to serve each other because that's all we're going to be doing in heaven all we're going to be doing in heaven is worshiping him all we're going to be doing in heaven is obeying him and loving each other and serving each other and serving him and loving him and it's not in a like bad sense like oh that's all we're going to be doing we ain't going to be having fun like no we're going to have the time of our lives that's going to be it you know that's going to be such like that's going to be the sole thing that we're living for but it's going to be like our natural selves don't want to do that. So he's trying to prepare us right now for what he's creating for us. And so I think that's such a cool thing because it makes me realize that I'm not just sitting back over here laying down while he working. He's also wanting me to work and be responsible. And he wants me to share this kind of message that he's given me with other people. He wants to share the the things that he's laid on my heart with other people. He wants me to bring other people to him, as many people as I can to him, so I can see all these people in heaven. And he has certain people whose lives he wants me to touch. And I told God one day, I said, Lord, whatever your purpose is for me, whatever your your will is that you want to do for me, let's get it done. You know what I mean? Like, let's do it. <laughs> I don't care how long it takes. I'm just ready to get it done because I'm trying to go home. You know, I I love doing your will, God, but I love being in heaven even more. And I know that I don't want to be selfish about it and just be like, oh, just take me to heaven right now because there's so many people he wants to reach 
Um, and I want to be the person that he uses to reach, you know, those people. And I, I love that. I really want to. I want him to use me to reach his people. And there's certain things that he's put inside of me that he wants to use to reach people. And so I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. But I'm going to just tell you right now, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> like, I, I will wait for the day that he returns so that we can all be in heaven with him. But it's just a beautiful thought. And um, I think that's all that I wanted to share, just that we are his adopted. He wants to bring us into his family. I mean, the one of the things that I was thinking about is how for children who are in the foster care system and for children who are, uh, you know, adopted, one of the best things that you can give them is bringing them into your family and bringing them into your home. Like, I feel like a lot of times people just want to oh be the savior of their lives and change their lives. And for a little while when I wanted to, when I first started like my whole like wanting and desire and I started recognizing my desire for fostering and adopting, I did kind of play that, have that savior mentality where I felt like I had to be the one to save their lives and step in and interfere. And for a while I was like, I don't know if I could grapple with the idea of fostering a child because I don't know if I like, like I would want to keep them, you know what I mean? And I feel like that came from this aspect of me wanting to protect them from every hurt and harm and danger. And that's not my job. That's God's job. You know what I mean? My job is to be able to be, you know, a home for them, even if it's just for a season, you know, and that's how life is. Life is just a bunch of seasons. And so I was just praying that like, you know, God prepares me for this because this is just something I feel really like heavy on my heart. That is something that I would love to do. And I just feel like there's so much more I need to learn. Um, about patience, about, you know, seasons and how seasons change and you have to be able to adapt to the change and how, you know, like just life is in general about motherhood and about, you know, just God and how he's created us to be and stuff like that. And so I just, I really feel like that is a wonderful way of seeing God, seeing God as a mother, seeing God as, you know, wanting to adopt us into his family and being that parent who is ready to say, okay, I'm preparing this home for you and I'm ready for you to come home, you know, and um, this just, it's not just us that he wants to, wants to come home. He wants all of us to come home. I mean, it's not just me. He wants all of us to come to him and return to him and restore our fellowship with him. So that when that trumpet calls and when that trumpet blows, we will all be able to go up to the place that he's preparing for us, that he is preparing right now. So, anywho, that's all I have to say about that. But I feel really good about talking about this. I really love this um, topic and this aspect. So thank you, Lord, so much. Let's end off in a prayer. Dear God, we come before you today and we just want to thank you, Lord, so much. We thank you, God, for your word, Lord. We thank you for your word that is still alive to this day, that you created back in the day, Lord, and it is still speaking to us in so many different ways, revealing to us so many different things, God, that we could not even fathom or imagine, Lord. I thank you so much for the ways that you show us your characteristics and the ways that we are able to learn and the ways that we are able to learn from each other, God, all that you have given us, Lord. We are able to learn so much from you through each other, God, through the people that you have placed in our lives, Lord. And I pray that you just continue to build us up so that we can continue to edify each other, Lord. Let us be edified, God, so we can edify one, one another. And God, I just pray that as we continue learning about you 
through the people that you placed in our lives and through the the create your creation god we learned so much through your creation lord i pray that you allow us to continue seeing your revelation to continue seeing who you are god and to allow this revelation to not only encourage us but motivate us to do better god to motivate us to be ready for that day that you will call our name and we will return home with you lord i am so thankful for all of the revelations that you have given me and all of the revelations that you have given each and every one of us lord i'm so thankful for the gifts and the talents and the desires that you have all that you have placed inside of us god i'm so thankful for all the characteristics that each of us embodies and we show god to each other um and i'm just thankful for all that you are lord the way that you have created us and the way that you have created your creation man there is no other word other than to say it's just amazing you know it's truly 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 amazing and i just thank you so much god and i just uh bless your name and with that i will say in jesus name amen